you have an incredible purpose for your life. The time and the state that you are in right now, there is an incredible purpose for it and a lot of joy to be discovered in it. Take your focus, that intensity of your experience and consider what other people are going through. All of our deepest longing is only satisfied in God who's infinite. But I think it's good to dream about it. I think it is good to desire it. It's a lot more hopeful than you may see. Hey guys, welcome back to the Lila Rose podcast. Today we're going to do a solo episode. So it's just me. We're going to be talking about being single. Singleness in today's modern world, how to navigate singleness and to do it in a way to find fulfillment and to set yourself up for success long term. And for most people, part of success means in terms of relationship marriage. So what does that look like if you are a marriage minded single who is hoping for that one day and you're navigating the rocky world of being single? Now, if you're listening and maybe you're single and you're like, I'm totally good. I'm content. Okay, great. I'm very happy for you. I do think this episode will still have some content for you, but this episode is especially for people who are struggling, who are single and maybe they really want to be married or they're single and they're struggling with loneliness or they're single and they're feeling like, what do I do with this time in my life where I feel like I'm waiting for something or they're single and they're feeling that they're never going to have the future that they hope for whatever it might be. They're feeling stuck or they're feeling sad or they're feeling lonely. So this is especially for you, but it's also for you if you're want, if you're content because you'll get some good principles along the way. Our sponsor for today is Seven Weeks Coffee. Seven Weeks Coffee, as you might've heard in the podcast before, is my official coffee. It is what I drink every morning. It is delicious. This is gourmet, ethically sourced coffee that is organic, that is low acid, that is delicious. There's all different kinds of roasts. I love, and I'm drinking the Ethiopian medium roast right now. It is smooth and balanced and perfect. I love it. There's other great roasts out there too that you might like better. Sevenweekscoffee.com. Use the code Lila for 10% off your order and check out the coffee that is fueling the pro-life movement by giving 10% of all of its revenue to pro-life pregnancy centers. Check out sevenweekscoffee.com. Our next sponsor is Public Square. Public Square is the Yelp for conservative businesses. Ultimately, today, a lot of corporations and businesses hate pro-life, pro-family values. It's really sickening. Many of them are even supporting abortion and paying for abortions. But you, by joining Public Square, downloading the free Public Square app, can learn about 50,000 pro-life, pro-family, pro-freedom businesses that you can start buying from instead of the businesses that hate your values. So check out Public Square, download the app today. It's free. This is a growing community and this is how we change culture together, one business at a time. Check out Public Square and download the free Public Square app today at the link in the bio. All right, so many of you guys know, I am almost five years married, very gratefully married very happily married to an amazing man. I talk to talk about him a little bit sometimes. He's very private, but he is fully supportive of this work, but he's an amazing man. I mean, he was the best man that I had ever met besides my dad. And when I met him, I fell in love very quickly. He fell in love with me. We got married. But before meeting my husband, there was probably a decade at least in my life of feeling at times worried or concerned or just questioning, hey, where is that future for me? Because I did feel like I was probably called to marriage. And so I was wondering a lot and dating a lot of different guys. And so there were different stresses for me at different points. But these principles that I'm going to share 
were game changing for me. And they made my 20s, which is when I did most of my dating before I got married, they made my 20s incredibly beautiful, actually. I feel that my single years before I got married were beautiful, beautiful years. And they were punctuated with more joy and growth than with any kind of stress or sorrow. So I'm sharing that because I think that's possible for every person listening. And that's why these principles are so important and so valuable. So the stuff that I'm sharing too is a collection of wisdom and some stories that are from over a decade of my life and from hundreds of conversations I've had with mentors, dozens of mentors and advisors I've had over the years, books that I've read, studies that I've done, retreats that I've done. All of this has helped me really crystallize, especially when I was single, how to be content and how to grow no matter where it was planted, no matter what was going on circumstantially in my life. So first general foundation for everything I'm about to share is I, this is for you, is to have hope, to have hope about your life, about yourself, about your future, that you, I believe, have a beautiful future, that God has an incredible plan for you. Maybe you're not even religious, but I believe that for you, that you have an incredible purpose for your life, and that the time and the state that you are in right now, there is an incredible purpose for it and a lot of joy to be discovered in it. All right, so let's dive in. There are six principles I'm going to share. The first principle sounds really simple, but I'm going to break it down because it's really, really important. Without this first principle, if you are single, especially if you're feeling discontented, you're going to really struggle to ever feel contented as a single person because this principle is a key to unlock human peace and satisfaction. Yes, there's supernatural peace that God can give us no matter how difficult our life is, but we're human beings. We're made to live in a certain way. We need food. We need air. There's certain things we need as creatures, as human beings. And this principle is the key to unlock so much joy and peace for you, especially as a single person. Okay. It is find your community. Find community. Now, community is not just like I'm, I show up at the community gym, you know, three times a week. If you do, that's great. Keep doing it. But community is discovering friendship and building relationships with people that are real and authentic. And you actually spend significant portions of time with these people. You cannot do, I cannot do life alone. There's some people who feel like self-sufficiency is really important for them. They're just going to crush it, go out there, and they're like, man alone, woman alone. But deep down, that's not natural. It's not healthy. We're called to live and we're made to live in community with each other. Being known by other people, our flaws as well as our strengths, our joys as well as our sorrows, our desires, our fears, all of these things, we're called to be able to share that with other people. It's natural. And to have other people share that with us. And so, you know, when I was in my 20s, I at one point was living in Washington, D.C. So I had opened my live action office there. I had moved out there from California and I, you know, we were hiring staff. I was building this huge organization. I was making all of this difference. We were doing all these investigative reports of the abortion industry. I was meeting with Congress. I was doing all of these very intense things. And when I first moved to D.C., I lived with someone who would become a very dear friend of mine as a roommate. 
And we had a blast together. She was someone I clicked with. We had similar goals in terms of we wanted to be holy and good women. She was really fun. We would work out together. We would, you know, laugh. We would drink wine. We would talk about things that mattered. We would go out and meet people together. It was a really fun, she was an amazing person, a really fun, we'd cook together. We'd talk about, uh, you know, our cycles as women. That was really important, you know, our hormones, our cycles and balancing them. We did that stuff together. And it made life so rewarding and enriching. Along with my work and my mission, my professional work, I would have this amazing relationship with this woman, this friend of mine. And then we had other friends that were in our circle and we would hang out with. That was really good and healthy. Well, what happened to me is inevitably we had to move apart from each other. She moved in, I think, with some other women, or I I don't remember if she might have moved home. I ended up moving into a apartment by myself. So I lived by myself. And at first I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this for a period of time until I probably either leave DC or I'm going to find another roommate, but I'm just going to live by myself for now. It was kind of like a quick fix. Well, enter two over two years of living by myself. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I'm not going to get into that. But I would say the hardest part of my entire 20s and dating and everything I would trace back to a a lot of it, like unnecessary turmoil, was living by myself and not living in close community with other, especially women at the time. I mean, I was a single woman, so living with other women. So for me, I learned the lesson kind of after the fact because I was busy doing other things. And I traveled a ton because of my work. I was traveling internationally. I was doing all of this stuff. Uh, Looking back on the time, I realized that, yes, I was seeking out community to some degree in DC, but it was really hard to find community. My family was in California, so I couldn't like go home for dinner on a Sunday night with my parents. My siblings, I have seven siblings, were all over the country, mostly in California. Couldn't go hang out with my siblings. And I didn't really have close friends. Eventually, I would make close friends, but I didn't really have close friends in D.C., I was this activist doing all of this stuff. And so kind of people knew me for that. And I was a boss. I employed people. So I had this responsibility in these roles that was hard to just kind of show up at a party with other people and just, you know, be normal because I had these other roles and responsibilities. So all that to say, it felt isolating. And if you are in a situation where you feel lonely, you feel like just painfully lonely, I highly recommend that the first solution is not to go out and find the first person that you can date, although be open to dating, we're gonna get to that. But if you're feeling lonely, you need human beings, you need friends. And sometimes as a single person that might be living with your family, I'm I'm actually a big supporter of living with one's family. I think that's a beautiful thing. I think obviously there need to be boundaries and things like that, but you know, think about it. Living with our family in past generations, that's how generational wealth was conserved. That's how uh, a lot of traditions were passed down until that generation was ready to leave the house. If that's not your family culture, that's not an option. Don't worry about it. Find someone with shared values. That's really important for a roommate or an apartment mate, shared values, who you can start building a little community with, and then obviously develop friendships. How do you develop friendships? We might do an episode on this in the future. I'm going to touch on this for just a moment. Some key principles of friendship. Friendship is about, in my opinion, Yes, enjoying shared activities, enjoying another person and their amazing personality and their interests and their experiences, sharing yourself with that other person. But friendship ultimately is about looking towards or looking at growth. It's about growing together. It's about becoming 
more who you're called to be together. So you want to have people that accept you, yes. People that you feel comfortable with, yes. People that you can laugh with, yes. But you also want to have some friends who are going to be willing to talk about important things, things that matter, grow as human beings and really want to grow in their own virtues or their own skills or their own personal development. People that are really going places, not in terms of like worldly success necessarily, although that's good to have drive and ambition, but people who really want to be the best that they can be and be people that are emotionally healthy, physically healthy, mentally healthy. And yes, we all have our struggles and issues, but they're working on health, right? So find friends that you can work on health with. How do you do that? Go to the places where people are working on health. And that's typically not the club or the bar. I'm not saying bars and clubs are always a bad idea. I think they're often a bad idea. But the people working on their health are going to be at the gym because they're literally working on their health physically, at faith or religious activities because they're working on their eternal health, their spiritual health. Um, they're going to be at, you know, interesting activities where you're growing in skills and learning how to do things because they're growing on their, they're growing their the health of their personalities, right? Or their skills. They're going to be doing community service because they understand that their own virtue and their, their health, their spiritual health and emotional health is connected to loving and serving others. So find friends doing those things. And that's a very key part of discovering people that you can really be friends with. So it's hard to be sad when you have great friends. It's hard to be sad when you live in a real community. It's hard to be sad when you feel known and you know other people and you are doing activities and part of this group that's growing together. Yes, I'm not saying that will solve every feeling that you have. You might still be like, hey, I really wish I was married right now or hey, I really wish I was in a relationship right now. I'm not saying it will take that away entirely. But it's like night and day. It is night and day for someone. If you are living alone right now and you don't regularly, like multiple times a week, see friends and see people that you do life with, then I don't think it's a surprise if you are feeling pretty miserable. But if you change that and you lived in community and you lived with people that shared your values, that you got along with, and you saw people multiple times a week to share activities with, then I guarantee you, your happiness quotient will increase. And iron sharpens iron. By being with other people who are growing, you will grow. You will become a better person in a way by osmosis, but your behaviors are going to be influenced by the good behavior of other people. If you're just influencing your own behavior all day long, because all that you do is like work remotely from your computer and kind of stay home a lot, you're not really going to be growing. So remember, you need community. Find community, build community. It's key. The next principle for anyone who's single is this, work on yourself, work on yourself, especially to the women listening right now. This is an amazing opportunity for you to become the most amazing woman that you can be. And that means a lot of things. I'm going to go through a quick list of what that looks like to work on oneself. But we are constantly, I think as human beings, we should be working on ourselves. We should be as Christians, if you're listening, you're a Christian, asking God to work in us and work through us and work on us. And we want to collaborate with God. But any human being, regardless of their faith background or their beliefs, is called, I believe, to develop their virtues, their skills, their human person to be the best that they can be. So there's a few categories I want to run through here. First of all, develop your virtue. Develop your virtues. I think we're going to do an episode in the future just on virtues. But what is a virtue? A virtue is living habits of good behavior. Pretty simple, right? What are your daily habits? What do you do every day? Do you have habits that are good? 
Do you have good disciplines in your life? Do you have good modes of thought? When you think about other people, when you engage with other people, are you engaging with them in a just and a loving and a merciful way? When you set yourself up to do a task in your work, are you doing it in a principled way, in a way with integrity, with good work ethic? Virtues are for all aspects of your life. There are a lot of virtues you can grow in. I would recommend that you pick one virtue to start with. What is one virtue that you feel like you struggle with maybe? Maybe it's sloth. Maybe it's struggling with being lazy and not getting up on time or struggling with procrastination and not getting stuff done on time. Pick that as a thing I'm going to work on and just nail. I'm going to get better at this and just try again every day. Or maybe the virtue you want to work on is not gossiping. Maybe you struggle with gossiping and you realize that a lot of your relationships revolve around talking about other people and it's not usually good stuff you're talking about. So maybe that's the thing to eradicate from your behavior. How do you work on a good virtue? How do you develop a good virtue? Well, you try little tiny baby steps, <laughs> little step every day that you choose. I'm going to show up for this step. And if I fail today, I'm going to try again later in the day. Or if I failed today and I'm going to bed and I'm feeling frustrated that I failed, I'm going to wake up and try again. Having a good mentor, having somebody help, help you with this is obviously key. We'll save that for another day. But the point here is use your single years to grow in your virtues. Think about the person that you want to be in the next 10 to 20 years. Think about if you want to get married, the kind of wife or mother or husband or father that you want to be, that you want to show up as. Work on the qualities that you need today to be that person. You can do that. You can do a lot of that work as a single person. You don't need to be married to develop your virtue so that when you're married, you're going to be an amazing spouse, okay? Next, develop your interests. Get creative get curious, try new things, develop new skills that you need. I mean, this could be for your professional work or it could just be things that you feel drawn to and have a desire for. You know, one of the things that my husband did before we got married, he was in the Navy. So he was a surface warfare officer and he was fantastic at it. But then he also just loved sailing. And so he sailed. He loved to do sailing recreationally when he could after his time in the Navy. And when I started dating him, I loved that about him. It was so beautiful. I got to share that with him. So develop your interests or maybe for professional work, your skills. You're trying to develop your career. Okay, what are the skills that you need to grow in? Maybe it's your writing. Maybe it's your, if you're in, in marketing, it's your graphic design or your video editing. Maybe you're getting your education so that you can be, uh, you start a business or you're already starting a business. So you're developing your business acumen. So you have a good advisor. Develop your skills now. Put in the work now. Because when you're married, when you have kids, you're going to have less time to do the work you have now to put in to skill building. So use this time to build your skills. For me in my 20s, I was working a lot. Now, I didn't just work. I had friends. I spent a lot of time with my family. I spent a lot of time growing in my faith and prayer, but I spent a lot of time working. And that work really helped set me up for expertise and skills that I have today that help me make contributions in my career while still getting to focus on my family, being a mother and being a wife. Okay, next, develop your emotional health. This can be a tough one. We all have stuff to deal with, some of us more than others. And this is also mental health. We all have mental or emotional stuff to deal with. Maybe we think we're cool and we're fine, but I guarantee you, once you get into a serious relationship, once you get married, once you have kids, Whatever stuff that wasn't resolved before is going to bubble up at one point or another. 
And it's going to, unless it's resolved or unless it's healed, unless it's fully understood, it can negatively impact your family, your future husband, your future kids. So take the time to understand maybe the wounds or the unforgiveness you have in your own heart or the things that you faced as a kid that really hurt you, that you need to explore and that you need healing for. Do that work. That work typically cannot be done alone. It's typically done with a good spiritual guide, with good and loving and wise friends, with good advisors or mentors. We're not meant to heal alone. We're meant to share our experiences with trusted and wise people to help us understand our own histories and to help us understand our future then and what how we want to be in our future. So take the time to work on your emotional and your mental health. Next, your financial health. Take the time to figure out your finances. Maybe you're neck deep in debt from college and you're like, what am I going to do? Make a plan to pay off the debt. Maybe you're working a job, but you're spending a lot of that money because you're like, oh, I'm not married. I don't, I don't have a house yet. I'm, you know, I don't have kids yet. So I just have all this free money. So I'm going to do all these vacations. No, save money, save money, invest your money. Maybe if you can, I would even recommend buying property. I mean, do all of this with a good business advisor. I think Dave Ramsey gives a lot of good advice online. There's a lot of people that give good financial advice online, but get financially healthy as best you can. Now, this isn't a requirement. Can't, it's not like you have to be perfectly financially healthy or perfectly emotionally healthy or perfectly, you know, physically healthy in order to get married. Of course not. But you should be working towards health, right? You should be working towards health. And then last two is yes, your physical health. This includes emotional and mental, but your physical health is also your body. Are you eating good nutrition? Are you working out? Are you taking care of your sleep? Are you making sure that you are fueling yourself and taking your care of your physical body? Because that's longevity in your life, right? If you want to get married one day, have kids, you want longevity. You want to take good care of yourself and you want to be a person that understands how to take care of yourself so you can take care of other people. Because when you get married, you want to be able to take care of your spouse. In my uh, marriage, I want to be able to cook healthy meals. I want to be able to have a good sleep routine as best I can when you have little kids. It's really hard. But I want to have good routines so that I can be healthy and show up healthy for my family. Last one is spiritual health. This is something I'm going to touch on more later, but it matters just as much, in my opinion, as your physical health your mental health and emotional health. So we're going to touch on this later, but I just wanted to tag it here. Okay. So work on yourself. This is a great opportunity to do all of this work on yourself and your self-improvement. So you can be an even better version of yourself for your future love. And this is going to make you even more beautiful and attractive for that person that you hope to be with one day doing this work now. And this is work for a lifetime, but you have a special time, a special area in your life or a special window in your life now to do this work. Okay. So next principle, serve others. If you're single, you're struggling with what do I do? How do I meet this guy or meet a guy or whatever? I'm struggling or meet a girl. Take your focus, that intensity of your experience and consider what other people are going through. When I was in my twenties, again, using my own life experiences here, this is what I have, part of what I have to offer. I was pouring myself out for the pro-life cause. I saw children were in danger. I saw that they needed help and that I could advocate for them and that their mothers and fathers who were being lied to, or they had chosen the wrong path and they were hurt afterwards and deceived. And I wanted to find a way to help. And that took so much pressure off of me always worried about me 
because now I could care about other people and I could serve other people. And you can serve people anywhere you go. You can serve your family. You can serve your friends. You can go volunteer at a homeless shelter. You can go volunteer at a resource pregnancy center and help families there. You can go and discover how to become a big brother or a big sister and mentor other kids and get trained to do that. You can go and show up for a family that you know that has little kids and bring them a hot meal or offer to go and clean their house. I mean, think about any families that you know well enough or family friends where you could just offer to go like weed the yard. I mean, do something like that, practical, to help and serve somebody else. It's amazing how rewarding it feels when we serve other people. It literally can give you endorphins. So you're getting actually, you could say more than what you're giving by giving. And you're also putting yourself in new contexts where you could meet someone or you're putting yourself in new contexts where as you're developing your skills, your virtues, your other relationships with the community, it could lead to you meeting somebody. So focus on serving others, service of others, is a key, I think, for any single person. And then when you get married too, but it is a key to discovering satisfaction as a single person. It's hard to be too miserable ourselves when we're considering how other people are feeling and we're actively seeking to help other people feel and live better. Okay, next one. I said under work on yourself, I ended it with spiritual health and I said I'd talk about it more. Here, we're gonna talk about it. The next one is discover God. I think that God is everything. I think he created us. He loves us. He's our father. And I think we're ultimately created to live with him forever in heaven, that there is an eternity. There is a life after death. I talk about this sometimes on the podcast. People who aren't religious, I know many of you still listen along because you're curious or you're open to hearing other points of view. Thank you for being here. But I think we're all called to be on a quest to seek the truth. And I believe that God is truth. So Use your single years to explore what you believe, why you believe, and ultimately, I pray for you that you can discover the one true God, who I believe is Jesus Christ. And put yourself out there for that. Go to you know Catholic Mass. If you maybe aren't Catholic, you're not sure what you think about faith, find wise theological people that can talk to you about God and who is God and answer your questions or objections. Read books about it. Listen to podcasts about it. Even if you have time, go on some retreats about it or go on some, take some classes about it. One of the things that I did when I was single is I went on this, I I took a lot of different classes and courses, but I went on this retreat to learn about the theology of the body in Pennsylvania. And I did that for a week just to explore what this theology of the body was. I mean, so doing stuff like that is going to help you grow and it's going to help you discover God. So be intentional about that because at the end of the day, All of our deepest longing is only satisfied in God who's infinite and who's perfect love. And so no matter your circumstances and what happens to you in this life, or, you know, if you get married and you have struggles in your marriage, you're single, you're struggling, God is the one who can bring you the deepest peace and the deepest consolation, regardless of what's going on in your life. Okay. Number five, for the singles who are seeking happiness, put yourself out there as a single person. Don't just stay at home or don't just hang out with the girls. I mean, if you're a girl listening, you're like, I'm just going to do my girls night. Do your girls night, please. But push yourself out there. If you're seeking, ultimately, you want to get married. Sometimes that takes putting yourself in new situations, going to the parties or the events that maybe you didn't want to go to or you don't want to go to because you're kind of feeling tired out. But keep showing up. 
keep putting yourself out there. Maybe it's getting on dating apps. I am not opposed to dating apps. I know a lot of people who have met and married using dating apps and they're very happy. So not to say that dating apps are fail-proof because there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens and people can misrepresent themselves. We'll talk about that another time, but put yourself out there as a single person. It's really, I think, one of the, the tragedies today when people feel stuck and kind of hopeless about their lack of relationship or they're not married and then they don't try anymore. And I think it's important that we put the work in. Now, if you are a woman, especially, typically speaking, I would say, let the guy make the first move. This isn't like as a woman, go out there and just start asking guys out. But I think sometimes it is appropriate, like leave your phone number. If you feel like there's chemistry, leave your phone number. You're at a restaurant. I was just talking with a girlfriend of mine. That's how she met her husband. And now father of her, I think four kids, she literally left her phone number for him at a restaurant and he was the waiter and they're happily married now. So stuff like that happens. So, but put yourself out there, put yourself out there, meet people, go unexpected places. You know, certainly church is good in the gym and things like that, but find places where you can meet more people. Maybe it's dating apps as well. Travel, do interesting things, put yourself out there. The last principle for singles is have vision. Have a vision of what you want to be and the kind of marriage you hope to have and the kind of person that you hope to meet. Have a desire. Like, what are your desires? Have your desires and develop in your mind what is the vision that you hope for in the future. Now, this isn't to say that you should have this list of they have to be exactly this tall with this color eyes and they have we have to live in this state. That's not really what I mean by vision. By the way, it's not wrong to want those things. It's not. But by vision, I mean, have a sense in your mind of what it is I'm aiming for. Do I want a family one day? Do I want to get married one day? What kind of healthy marriage do I hope for one day? What kind of healthy person and good person do I hope to be with one day? Because that I think ultimately, yes, it can make you feel sometimes unrest, restless because you're like, I don't have that. But I think it's good to dream about it. I think it is good to desire it. I, I think some people would say, oh, don't, don't think about it too much. But I think it's actually good. I think some people give up. They give up on the dream. They give up on having hope for the future that they might have. It's a lot more hopeful than you may see. Like, listen, you might be feeling really depressed. Like, hey, I've not met them. You know, maybe you're 33 or you're 35 and you're like, I'm, I'm in my 30s. I still haven't met this person. There's a lot of people in the world. In the United States alone, I think there's 119 million singles, 119 million singles over the age of 18. So there's a lot of people out there in the United States alone. So be hopeful. I think God has a plan for you. And I think that you and your focus on these other principles and your hopefulness is really key. And you can grow as a person and you can grow in your own contentment to prepare you for that amazing love story that God has for you. I believe that, yes, no one is promised love. No one is promised marriage, but I really believe God has a plan for you and just be hopeful. It could be right around the corner. It only takes one. Don't lower your standards have hope, have joy, do all these other principles. There's someone out there who is probably hoping and wishing to meet someone like you and they just haven't met you yet. Drop your information in the comments too. If you're single and you're like, hey, I'm single and I'm in what state and I enjoy doing X, Y, Z things and this is my faith background, whatever, maybe people can meet each other in the comments. So to wrap up here, find community. You can't do it alone. Work on yourself. Become the best you can be. Serve others. Find God put yourself out there. And finally, be hopeful. You're going to crush it. It's going to be great. God bless you guys. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the Lila Rose podcast if you haven't already. The Lila Rose YouTube channel, click the subscribe button and the notification bell so that you get a new episode when we put it out. Leave a comment. Also, for those who want to support the work of the podcast, check out our Patreon. We have a small but growing group of folks who are awesome, who are supporting the podcast and the team that help create this content. Check out Patreon. For those that subscribe to Patreon in the future, they'll get some special stuff behind the scenes for the podcast. You'll want to check that out. So go to the Patreon link in the bio. And don't forget to also leave a review and that will help the podcast reach more people. Thank you all so much.